Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's message from Zoe Church. I want to thank everybody that likes, subscribes, and comments on our podcast. And I want to thank every person that partners with us to help get the message of Jesus around the world. If you'd like to give, you can text Zoe, Z-O-E, to 77977, and we'll shoot you a link, and you can give right there. Thank you to all the faithful givers at Zoe Church. We're going to jump in to this week's message. We're in a brand new series called Transformed by Grace. We're studying the book of Galatians together. So let's jump into week one, Galatians chapter one. All right, go to Galatians chapter number one. We are starting today a brand new series. I'm excited. We're going to, together as a community, we're going to study a book of the Bible. And uh, I love when Zoe does this together as a community. By the way, we have a landing page for you to go and get all kinds of resources about this book. I want to encourage you to memorize some of the best scriptures in all of the Bible are found in this book. And we are together studying the book of Galatians. And this, don't be so excited. But um, this is an awesome book and you're going to see powerful. By the way, I think it's encouraging that we memorize verses. We need to commit to memory some scripture. Because Lord knows you know the lyrics to a lot of songs. Okay? You ever be at a party and it's like your song comes on and you're like, oh, everybody's about to find out how hard I worked on Spotify lyrics. You know that your boy pulled a truck up front so we can sing on the way to the deli. Go fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, and Welch's great. Conversate for a few, because in a few, we going to do what we came to do. Ain't that right, boo? That's Zoe right there. That's Zoe right there. So if you know that much about Biggie, you can know that much about God. So memorize some verses. You want more? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but go to the book of Galatians and start studying it, start learning it. We're going we're gonna to extract all the truths we can from this book of the Bible. This book was written by a man named Paul. He's an apostle. We're going to learn a lot about him. And he started, he's writing to a group of churches in what's like modern-day Turkey. And he is writing to these, this, this area where he went and he was a church planner. He went into this area and he started a great church. And it was great until COVID. I'm kidding, that was Zoe. Um, it was great. <laughs> it was great until he left. And the Bible says some teachers, some influencers came in and started to mess with his people. They started to influence his, his group. This group loved Jesus. This group was gospel-centered. This group was all about the person and the message of the good news. And somebody came in and behind Paul's back said, yeah, Jesus is good, but you know that you need to actually, yeah, love Jesus, but you got to do a lot. And started to put into them legalism. There ain't nothing worse to me than a legalistic Christian. Because a legalistic Christian believes that it's my behavior that brings blessing. And I want to just remind you today, in fact, the title of this series we are teaching 
on that we are, the, the reality is that we are transformed by grace. It is grace and grace alone that changes you. It is not religious behavior. We don't serve the God of behavior modification. We serve the God of life transformation. And that is the gospel of grace. Religion is always an ex exterior reality. It's always what's happening on the outside of your life. So if you, do, if, you, if you read the Bible, if you attend a service, if you, if you pray at 6 in the morning, if you pledge, then you are good. But if you don't do all of this, you are not, you are not, you are not in good with God. The gospel of grace is the realization that the only reason why I'm in good with God is not because of what I do, but what he's done. It's all about Jesus. And you got to be careful because religion will put the emphasis on you. But the good news and the gospel puts the emphasis on Christ. We've got to be careful because if we put all the emphasis on us, we will never experience change. We put all the emphasis on Jesus. By the way, what I love about Jesus is he is the one that he's begun a good work in you, and he is the one that will be faithful to complete it. It's not that you're working so hard on you. Anybody thankful that it's God that's so, hard, so, so working hard on you? That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of good news. And here comes Paul, and Paul's writing to this group. He's writing to Galatia. He's saying, I've heard, I've caught wind. I saw some posts on Tiki Talk, and I saw some, come on, let's have fun. But uh, I saw, I've heard that somebody came in and messed with you guys and, and, and switched up your faith, and someone, someone got you to go from being Good news, Jesus-centered, to, to good news plus. Good news plus, plus the law. The reason why the law is so futile is the law only points out how bad you are. The law only teaches you how bad of a person you are. The law could point out your failures, but never give you the power to overcome your failures. It's kind of like, have you ever gone into a dressing room and the mirror was very unkind? And you're like, the mirror at my house doesn't look like this. What is this thing? Like, this is a schmedium. This is not, I don't. The law points out all your issues, but never gives you the power to overcome your issues. Grace points you to Jesus, the one that can break your chains, the one that can forgive your sins, the one that can heal your heart, and the one that can put you on the right path. And so it's not about the law, it's about Jesus. And Paul's going to teach about the difference between grace and law here in this book. And he's, he's going to go after him. He's going to go, no, 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 someone messed with you. In fact, write down point number one today. Someone get, got you to believe the lies of legalism. The lies of legalism are as follows. Legalism says that if you do a bunch of stuff, then you are holy. If you do a bunch of stuff, then you are accepted. But grace teaches us that Jesus is enough. It's not about what I do. It's about what he's done. 
and I put all of the emphasis on Christ. It's not about me. It's not about what I do. I am saved by grace. Grace is undeserved blessing and unmerited favor. Let's be honest about your life. You don't deserve all of your blessing. Let's be honest about your life. You don't deserve all your favor. It's not been by power. It's not been by might. It's not your giving record. It's not your attendance record. It's not whether you go to prayer or not. It's not about what you've done. It's about who he is. He is grace. And so, and so the lie of legalism is to say, yeah, Jesus is good, but he's not enough. The cross is not enough. The blood of Jesus is not enough. The love of God is not enough. You, yeah, you need some Jesus, but you need Jesus plus what you do. So with Jesus is good. That's, I, I, I don't want to disrespect him. Jesus is good. But also, you got to do a bunch of stuff. This is called cause and effect Christianity. I can move the hand of God. And if I tithe, I'm going to get a blessing. If I show up at church, good things will happen to me. No, no. We don't believe in cause and effect Christianity. We believe in the cross of Christ Christianity. It's all about what Jesus has done. It's not about what I do. And the lies of legalism is to, to, to behoove you, to switch you up. In fact, watch what he says to this group. He says, listen, he goes, in, 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 let's, just, let's just read in verse uh, 6. I am shocked that you are turned away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but it is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news other than the one we preach to you. I say again that what I have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one that you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Listen to that. How much truth is there? If pleasing people were my goal, I would never serve God. You cannot serve God and man. You have to serve God and not care about what people think about you. And by the way, let me just say this. If you live for the approval of man, you'll die by the criticism of man. When they tried to praise Jesus, they would say, oh, Jesus, you're amazing. Oh, look at, Jesus. Look at what you did. Oh, you healed the blind and the deaf and the mute and the dead. And you're all oh, Jesus. And they try and praise him and he'd go, I'm good. Thank you, but I'm good. I, he would refuse to receive their praises. You ever go to somebody's house and they ask if you're hungry and you're like, oh, I'm good. And they keep on asking you, like forcing the food on you, like, no, eat. And you're like, I promise you, I'm good. And they keep on pressing you and like, I don't know how to say it any other way. I'm not eating your food. <laughs> that was Jesus with the praises of man. I'm good. No, for real, I'm good. He knew that the same people that were praising him were the same people that were about to crucify him. I don't need what's in you. You have the ability to flip and to flop about your opinion about me. But I live for the opinion of the Father. And I'm not living for what you think. Who cares if I get the approval of man? I want the approval of God. He said, because I don't care about the opinions of people, I can live for God. I can live as God is my source. God is my provider. God is my strength. God is everything to me. 
You're not living in freedom until you start living for God. That's why the Bible says the fear of man is a trap or the fear of man is a snare. When you fear, oh, what are they going to think about what I post? What are they going to think about what I wear? What are they going to think about who I'm with? What are they gonna... Stop thinking about people's opinion. Start thinking about God's opinion. Who cares what they say? When you die, you're not standing before them. You're standing before God. They didn't make you. They didn't heal you. They didn't die for you. They don't matter. What matters is Jesus. He says, ah, I love this. He said, you know what? We preached the good news to you, and now these other folks is adding legalism. He said, I pray they'll be cursed. I'm like, dang. I never cursed anybody besides the Clippers. And it's working. You don't believe me? He's like, cursed is anybody that preaches a different gospel other than the good news. Paul is radical about you and I understanding it is Jesus always only. He is not at the part of my life. He is the center of my life. He matters more than any other person. I follow him. I love him. I serve him. I don't need to add my behavior to this. It is my belief alone. I am saved not by works. I am saved by grace. So I don't need to do a bunch of stuff. I can believe a lot in Jesus, and I'm good. Come on, somebody thank him today. If you believe in the power of the gospel. <laughs> Ephesians 2, verse 8, watch what it says. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through your faith. And this is not from you. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. No one can, no, the legalism gets you into boasting about yourself. Like, i got to be honest, I'm pretty impressed with me. What, why are you so impressed? I never miss a tithe. I tithe. As soon as I, as soon as I get the money, it's like, boom, 10%. I'm a tither. I'm an attender. I go to like three connects minimum. I'm a good person. I only say Christian cuss words. I am pretty impressed with me. That's, that's, that's works. I'm working my way into holiness. I'm working my way into acceptance. Surely God must love me. Just look at my morals. Look at my standards. Look at my political party. Aren't I awesome? He says, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through your faith in grace. This is not of yourselves. Lest any man should boast. Stop boasting about how awesome you are. Start boasting about how amazing he is. My God is amazing. My God pulled me out. My God has supplied my needs. My God, my sins were as crimson. He washed me as white as snow. I was in a pit and he pulled me out. I, I was so addicted. I was so depressed. I was such a mess. I was in such a bad place. I hated myself. I hated others. I had bitterness and God by his outstretched arm pulled me out of a pit, set my feet on a rock, put a new song in my mouth. I feel like giving God a praise right now. Somebody thank him for his amazing grace. It's all grace. Don't you believe the lies of legalism? 
The other day I looked at my phone. You know, you ever just hit, tap your phone? You got, you know, you see your photo. It's got, I got a beautiful picture of Julia uh, with our two, two of our nuggets uh, as my screensaver. And I tapped the phone to show the time and the date. And when the date popped out, I go, oh, that's an important date, September 10th. September 10th is a very important date to me. September 10th, 1999, I got serious about following God. September 10th, 1999, I am a sophomore in Bible college. I am traveling up to Big Bear to go to my Bible college fall retreat. While I'm, I'm just newly at this church in El Monte, I'm working at this church, and I'm, I'm getting ready to go up to this mountain, and my, my, he, he was my friend then, now he's my brother-in-law, which means we're not friends anymore. <laughs> Don't change a friendship. So we're in this car, and it, it, Nextel used to have this phone walkie-talkie thing. So we get this little bloop, and someone comes on the, on the intercom and says that our pastor that we work for had just suddenly died of a heart attack. And we just start crying. And we couldn't believe it. We're trying to make the decision, do we go back to the church or do we keep going to the fall retreat? And so we're crying and praying for the church. And we felt like, you know, we had some obligations we needed to fulfill at the retreat. So he put in a cassette tape of a preacher named Creflo Dollar. And Creflo Dollar started teaching Galatians 6. We're going to get there. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. These verses changed my life. He, he titled his message, The Anointing of Discipline. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. It says, Do not be deceived. For God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. For the man that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But the man that sows to the spirit will reap everlasting life. He started teaching, the Greek word for that is called zoe. It's the first time God dropped in September 10th, 1999. God was already giving me the name for our church on that day to Big Bear. Come on, somebody thank God. He's prepping you for something today. And we're in that car, and tears are rolling down my cheek, and I start thinking to myself, and God, sp God spoke to me. He said, the reason why you are where you are is because you've been a man of the flesh. You've been ruled by the flesh. You've been led by the flesh. You've been a young person of the flesh. And today, you need to start sowing to the Spirit. And I'm only here today because of that day I decided to be a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led person. And I will say, out of the... Uh, out of the, the, the the earnestness of that moment, which was good, the problem was I started to put such an emphasis in, in my faith on me. And I didn't even realize this, but I left the gospel for a number of years and I entered into legalism. So I thought everything that was happening in my world was because of how great I was doing and what I was up to, and all of my activity. And it wasn't until years later God revealed to me the gospel of grace, which is the person of Jesus, that I went back to, it's not about what I do, it's all about who he is. I'm not saying any of this is bad, but none of this makes you holy, it's Jesus. None of this makes you accepted, it's only Jesus. And Galatians about us going back to the fact that I, all I need is Jesus. If I got the cross, if I got the blood, if I got Jesus, I'm good. It's not Jesus plus something, it's just Jesus alone. And that's where we have to go back to that because right down number two today, Jesus is our rescuer. He rescued us from sin. 
He rescued us from eternal damnation. He rescued us from ourselves. This is Paul's favorite thing to talk about when it comes to Jesus. Look at Galatians chapter uh, 1, verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Look at Colossians 1, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. We have redemption in him. We have forgiveness in him. Why? Because Jesus came on a rescue mission. Jesus left heaven. He had everything that he could ever imagine imagine. He sat on the throne in heaven, but he came and became a man and came down to earth. And he didn't come just to turn water into wine. He didn't just come to get on a boat and go on a boat ride. He came to rescue humanity from our sin and our failure. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today that Jesus rescued me. You see people that, that and we love this about A21, and Julie and I have a number of friends that go in and rescue people that have been sex trafficked or facing human trafficking. And you look at these people, they risk their life amongst evil people to rescue these girls out of being trafficked. And we, we salute them, we applaud them, and we go, wow, look at the bravery. They're rescuing them. Can we just thank God for all of these ministries that are trying to help people in America and around the world? Look at firefighters. We look at people that are on the front lines of rescuing people. The greatest rescue mission in the history of the world is Jesus rescuing us. Because you and I were in trouble. You and I were in a mess. You and I had made a mess. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is everlasting life. You and I owed a debt we could never pay. You and I had a penalty against us, our sin. You might be here like, I'm not that bad. Like, I know bad people. I've been to Tao. I know bad people. I know, I know bad people. LA's dark. Fam, you're dark. You're a sinner. Saved by grace. And he's, he, he's coming back, isn't he? He's going, who, who messed with you? Hey, give, give me their name. Who flipped you? I don't like people that are like, you know, they say, or, you know, so, you know, that group. Give me their names. Paul's like, tell me, who? Was it Sally? It was Debbie, wasn't it? Who you were, he goes, you were running such a good race, who turned you? Can I just present that to your life just for a moment as a, as a way of parallel to it? You were doing so good. Who messed with you? No one affects our faith more than others. That's why, like, show me your fridge, I'll show you your health. Show me your calendar, I'll show you your priorities. Show me your budget, I'll show you what you love. But show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It's going, you got the wrong influences. You got the wrong, listen, your influences don't get to choose you, you get to choose them. 
It's not about just going like, I'm tossed any which way of anybody I watch or I listen to or follow. No, no, no. I'm choosing. Jesus is the greatest influence on my life. I'm under the influence of Christ. I'm under the influence of Bible teaching that's all about the gospel. I'm not following some other gospel, the prosperity gospel or the works gospel or this other God or legalism. I'm only finding and, and following the purity of anything that's about Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior. Why don't we just praise him right now if that's your heart's desire? Because he came to rescue you, not to get you flipped up into some other twisted or some other, other, other fad or trendy Christianity. It's Jesus always only. He's sufficient. He's enough. And Paul's right, and he's going, no, 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 guys, who got to you? I got, I got to come back, and I got to work back on you because you got swept up. By the way, if you've gone off course, if you've not done well, God doesn't throw you out like the garbage. God seeks you. If you're a lost sheep today, he leaves the 99 to go find the one that is lost to bring them back to the gospel of Jesus. We, we, don't, we don't go to a church where it's like, oh, dang, yeah, they, they twisted right now. Yeah, they, yo, they, 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 they're all messed up. Yeah, that sucks for them. No, 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 God does not let people wander. It, that's why the Bible says in Psalm 119, seek me like a lost sheep for I have gone astray. And that's what God will do. God will seek you out and God will. What, what will he do to get you to, to come back to your senses and come back home? Will he berate you and belittle you and tell you what were you doing? Or will he shower you with his love and his kindness and his mercy? You're better than that. There's a call of God on your life. I've got a plan for you. In fact, the guy that's writing this, he knows that he knows that he knows that God from before he was born, put something on his life. So he's writing, you know, to this church, who got to you? Who flipped you, man? Tell me. Tell me their names. It's never about legalism. It's only about Christ. He said, and by the way, I, I know that it's only about Christ because I had a bad, bad reputation and I lived a bad, bad life and I didn't think that God would ever love somebody like me. But what I've learned is that God, before I was born, he set me apart. Can you write that down, number three today? That you've been set apart by God. You're not common. You're not just another person. When you were in your mother's womb, God started knitting you together. You ever see a factory and they're just like printing shirts, making jeans, just next product? God, when, he didn't do that with you. The Bible says you were fearfully and wonderfully created by God. You, you, you weren't born and God goes, wow, look at this guy. <laughs> what are we going to do with you, slugger? You, you didn't get saved and God's like all of a sudden like, welcome to the team. Did you go to culture class? <laughs> what are your gifts? What are your talents? What are you going to bring to the table? We could use somebody like you in creativity. Now, God, when, this is why we believe in the sanctity of life. Because when, when you were in your mother's womb, God was working. 
And he was putting personality in there. And he was putting gifting. And he put his call on you. And he set you apart. You're not like everybody else. You got something from heaven on your life. Paul says, I know that I had a bad past here on earth, but God started working in me before I was born. Look here, Galatians chapter 1, verse 5. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with the flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. He goes, when God, it was the right time that God, who, by the way, set all of this in motion before my birth date, before the date I was born, before they put a certificate with my name, middle name, and last name, God was already working on me. I want to remind you today, God has a plan for your life. God has something for you to do on this earth. If you don't, look at Psalm 139. Oh, look at these scriptures. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Oh! Make me want to run through a wall. God was working. When, when nobody else saw you, God, he, he was there skillfully, wonderfully. I'm making something. So no, 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 don't, don't rush me. I'm making something special here. I'm making, I set apart your life in your mother's womb. Somebody thank God today. God has something for you on this earth. Jeremiah 1, he says the same thing. Watch Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know what God's saying? He said, you think I'm new to your life? You think I just showed up? Well, tell me about yourself. Where are you from? This is L.A. L.A., first, first question somebody asks you in L.A., what do you do? Second question in L.A., where are you from? Third question in L.A., where do you stay? This is L.A., right there, three questions. You think God's new to this? You think God's, Paul says, um, the reason why I can speak with such authority is at age X, I came to the realization that before I was born, God set in motion what I can't even stop. And I thought that my sin would disqualify me because you have to understand, before God got a hold of Paul, his name was Saul. And before he was Paul, he was a Christian killer. Can I remind you, there's nothing that you've done that has disqualified you from God's plan for your life. There's nothing you've touched. There's nothing you've been involved in. There's nothing you've looked at. There's nothing you've done outside of clippers. You get it. Outside of that, everything is forgivable. It's only one unpardonable sin. Everything else, grace, grace, my friends. 
Sometimes I don't know if you're laughing with me or at me. I can't tell. It's just, it's frustrating. And, and Paul's just, he's just, he's just going, guys, I'm so mad at whoever got to you. I'm so mad at whoever flipped you around. I'm so upset. I, I want to let you know the only reason why I know this and the only reason why I can come back, my whole office is because God decided it. Can you just conclude that it's not for favor, it's from favor. It's not by your worth, it's by your birth. Stop thinking that I'm going to do something so great, God's going to love me again. He loves you right where you are. He loves you just the way you are, and he's doing a mighty work in you. Come on, somebody thank him and praise him. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me apart. Worship team, come join me. Here's the last one, number four. Not only did he set you apart, he, he sent you. He sent you to do something. That's why I think that it's so cool. The greatest book that's ever sold in the history of the world is the Bible, and the second most sold in the history of the world is the purpose-driven life. Because like, I think life is about like knowing truth, knowing Jesus, knowing God, knowing what it is and what it's not. The law helps me. I need to know the law. The law is perfect. We're not against the law. Laws, Paul's going to teach us about this in this book. It's not that the law has problems. We have problems. So I'm going to go to the law. I want to understand the law. I'm, I'm a student of the law. Jesus studied the law. It's not about the law. It's all about grace. So I got to read the Bible, 66 books. Oh, I want to understand the Old Testament, the New Testament. Oh, I'm really excited about the Pentateuch and the poetry books and the epistles and the gospels. I'm excited about every everything in the Bible you need. If God didn't think you needed it, he wouldn't have put it in it. But he knows you need every dot, every word, every single phrase, every single truth, every single promise. Come on, clap if you love the Bible today. Stop showing off how many lyrics you know. Start being proud. I've got God's word hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Some of us, we keep falling the same temptations, keep falling the same stuff. It's because you don't have the power of God's word to combat that temptation. If, if, if Jesus needed the Bible for temptation, you need the Bible for temptation. Every time the devil tried to mess with him, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, Jesus stood on Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 9. I tell you, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, the Bible says, you need the word. But the second most sold book in the history of the books is the purpose-driven life. Because most of us are asking, God, why am I here? What, what, is there a reason for my existence? Are you, um, are you able to use somebody like me? Here's Paul and he's going, I got something for you. Stand to your feet. Let's read these last scriptures today. Galatians 6, verse 1 and 2. We're going back to the beginning of the chapter. Watch what Paul says here. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man. It's pretty cool last Sunday. I don't know if you got a chance to come, but 
Sunday night, Pastor Rich Jr. was here and Pastor Judah Smith. It's a pretty special night, two of our close friends. And um, it was a big deal for us to be able to honor Pastor Judah because they planted our church. I don't know if you know the genesis or the origin story of Zoe, but we're from the Seattle area. And um, they were kind enough to send us to Los Angeles, pay for our bills, keep us on salary for over a year. One, one year, we're not working there. We're getting ready to plant here. They paid us a salary for one year. I just always think it's good practice. Never forget where you come from. And so it's a big deal to, to be able to acknowledge that and to honor that. And we go crazy and Pastor Judah planted us. And it's a big, a special moment. Because I think the Bible also says, give honor where honor is due. And always, I think that's just good practice as well. Be an honoring person. Honor your parents. Honor your authority. Honor those that teach you the word. The Bible's clear on honor. So we're honoring. And I got to say, as much as I'm honoring Pastor Judah, they, they did not send us. They helped fund us. But we knew we were sent by God to L.A. And God confirmed it through many words, many occasions, many dreams. We were sent by God to L.A. to plant this church. And it became so clear and so evident that one time I went and met with Pastor Judah. And I'm like, I, I'm just telling you, it's so clear. God is sending us to L.A. And he agreed with it. Our parents agreed with it. Our friends agreed with it. And we're like, it's time for us to go to L.A and plant this church. We are sent by God, sent by God. I just want to encourage you to live your whole life sent by God. Don't get involved in stuff that's not from Him. Don't send yourself. Some of us, you've missed out because you're so excited about opportunities that you never see the assignment. It's not about the opportunity. It's about the assignment that God has for you. Stop looking at opportunities. Wow. An opportunity. Yes. You know what I got, guys? An opportunity. It's not about the opportunity. It's about the assignment. It's about God sending you. So maybe you live where you live because you're on assignment. Maybe you work where you work because you're on assignment. Maybe you're in the field, in the industry that you're in because you're on assignment. Maybe God started to put something in you before you were born and set you apart for such a time as this. You're not just existing. You're not just floating through earth wondering what's going to happen next. Anybody thankful today that I'm on assignment from heaven? God has a plan for my life. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today. You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God. You're a good God. It's all about your message. It's all about your cross. It's all about your truth. Today, God, we're asking you, help us to follow you. Help us to serve you and help us to know you. We love you, God. We love you more than life itself. Use our lives to bring you glory and you praise in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, if you believe it today, let's give God some praise.